Yo, this is your boy Gelligel, and I'm with Missy Smith. Let's get it, let's go. This is a new season of Common Conversations, the move forward, a new hope. And yes, there's a pun intended. If you get into the season, you'll understand it. But this podcast season, we want to talk about, bring narrative to the systems that we exist in and how they affect our lives on a daily basis. Y'all know no topic is off the table. So if you have a uterus, don't have a uterus, you want to talk about post Roe v. Wade, you want to talk about the death of Breonna Taylor or the nine people or the nine plus people that seem to be on average dying daily in the jails of Louisville, we're going to be able to talk about it, right? Mm-hmm. So let's get it. Let's go. This is a brand new season. This is Common Conversations, A New Hope. Yo, this is your boy Gelligel and welcome to Common Conversations. So check it out. This is our episode one um, of the move forward, the new hope. And as we're starting to process this out, I got to sit down with a cool new friend and she said, hey, we should do a thing. And if you're listening to my other podcast or you've ever jumped in on our live streams, you know, I will do almost anything and I will talk about almost anything. And so as we started talking about so social justice. We talked about the things that are happening with Roe v. Wade and some of the other laws that are happening nationally and all and, and Breonna Taylor. We also started thinking about what is happening in our in our community, in our spaces. And so Missy said, hey, Miguel. And I said, hey, what? And I'm going to blame her because y'all know that's what I do. I blame other people. <laughs> I said, hey, what? She said, we should talk about, you know, whiteness. And I said, huh? And, and, and then, you know, we said, let's talk about restorative justice and let's talk about, and let's talk about, and let's talk about. And I said, you know, that's kind of cool. And so last year we did this thing called the move forward and it was a two day live stream about the things that I think in more of an experiential relationship to our community, we as a people were facing. And so I'm seem like I'm about to lose my voice on this episode. But um, and so we came back this year and said, okay, let's let's try to figure out because one of the things that came out of it is people were asking, how do we have these conversations? And what do we do, you know, to really affect change in our own social spheres? And so this is this episode. This is what we're going to talk about. This is how we're going to do it, you know, and and we're going to do it, I guess, in a sense, live, unscripted, because as much as Missy and I have talked about it, we haven't talked about or organized our thoughts or or put any type of standard operating procedures or production mm-hmm. procedures in play to say, this is how we're going to do it. Yeah. And so in, in this, you get real life experience. So hopefully those who, of you who are listening or show up at a panel discussion later this year, and next can see how we're doing it, right? How we're doing the work, how two strangers, well, we know each other, but relatively <laughs> two strangers get to know each other in a process with, and, and hopefully to enact the type of changes in our own community that are a win-win for everyone and that we can live in nirvana if that's possible as humans. <laughs> so, but before we start, Missy, let's let's tell, let's tell listeners who we are, right? Yeah. I think that's going to be helpful in this space. Do you want to start or should I just say, hey, Missy, tell them who you are and, and then I'll jump in and then we'll jump into, we'll, we'll share a little bit our reason behind this three-minute ramble. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so my name is Missy Smith. I am a social worker. I have been in child abuse and uh, prevention work for 20 years, and I am with a nonprofit in uh, that's headquartered in Jeffersonville, but we provide services to 15 counties in southern Indiana. That is the foundation that's the the place I'm coming from but my uh, another passion of mine is 
talking about justice and equity and inclusion and what does that look like? I believe that so many in the community, they want to make a difference. They want to make a change. And that's why we're doing this. So we're giving people the information to make that change. I also think that, and I say this all the time, that we have to believe certain things about the world in order to sleep at night. We have to believe that the world is a good and just place that, you know, good things happen to good people, bad things happen to bad people, and that someone is taking care of us, that this place is safe and secure for for the good people. And being a social worker and working with the community, working with those who find themselves on the margins, I can say that those things are not true. That this world, the way the systems are currently created is not just. I also believe that if people knew that and if people knew these stories, then they would want to be a part of making this world better. Like you said, bringing nirvana if that is possible. There are things that we can do, but the first thing we have to do is start speaking in truths and not in myth. We have to start speaking about what actually is happening and not the fairy tales that a lot of the systems around us need us to believe. And honestly, some of the fairy tales we've told ourselves because it's easier. For instance, we have to believe that the the police are there to help us. We have to believe that those are good guys who are walking around who hold power. Because if not, what's the alternative? If those aren't good guys who have guns, who have power over us, who are in our community. What does that mean? And how do you exist peacefully and with peace inside yourself if that's not true? So I I think that there's a lot of stories that we need to tell and that people who don't often get a microphone (laughs) need to tell about their lives so we can all come to a shared language and a shared understanding about what's happening in the world around us. It is very easy. Speaking as a middle-class to upper-middle-class white person, it is so easy to close your eyes and just live your life. Go to work every day, hang out with your friends and not see what's happening on the margins. When you see it though, once you see it, you can't unsee it. You can't pretend that the world is what you thought it was before. And that's kind of the goal here is let's make people a little uncomfortable and tell that truth. Okay. Okay. I can dig it. So those of y'all are listening for the first time, I am Miguel Hampton. I am an entrepreneur, loudmouth advocate. Um, I guess over the last couple of years, I've also been labeled an agitator, a disruptor, a protester, and I guess whatever other name you want to throw out there. And you know what? I tell the world, you know, your customer, your the people who view you determine what your brand is. Um, and so if that's what they've decided, that's what they've decided. And so on this podcast, which we've been doing on and off for since 2006 has always covered everything that is common to, and, and at, in the beginning, I will say me, right? Me as a Afro-Latino man living in America, um, living in Utah, living in New York, Ohio. So the Great the Great Plains, the Midwest, the East Coast, and now in Indiana, which is still part of the Midwest, but I think it's also more relevant to the South and what my experience has been in this space. And, and so as I've decided to argue and debate wherever I've lived to make sure that I live in an environment that is healthy for myself and my family. We went to the podcast and started it as well. And then we started a series of live streams and then we can bless COVID, right? Um, because it introduced that to do. So again, I'm an entrepreneur, uh, loudmouth. I guess I'm more of a serial social entrepreneur. You can define it, right? Because not every entrepreneur is going to raise their hat and say, let's go out here and create a business that is in the world of social equity. And if we can use that phrase today. And so Missy and I have come together 
to really, really craft this here podcast, this one specifically to help not only ourselves, but our listeners um, really start to do this together. So, and what I mean by this, this meaning conversation, common, and that's why this podcast has always been common conversation. And this one is common conversation, the move forward. And yes, Pun, in, pun included, <laughs> the new hope. Okay, um, and and the new hope comes from two space. We're both we we have something in common. We both are are, are Star Wars lovers. Yes. And your company that you work for is named New Hope Services. Yes. Yeah, so there it is. Right. There's a good tie there. And one of the things that I'll say, and and we may we may expound on this later, is that many of us have more in common than we think. And if we take the time to listen, if we take the time to communicate, even though communication can be bumpy at times, right? Because you said something very specific, you know, are, do we have a common language? And, and sometimes I think that that is a broad statement, right? Because if you're speaking Cantonese and I'm speaking English, then that's not a common language. Um, but if we're talking equity and equity has not been defined by us in definition, we can often be speaking different languages, even mm-hmm. though we're both speaking English. And so identifying common language, common ground is a beginning. Um, and how do we do that in a safe space or in a safe way? Or better yet, and you correct me if I'm wrong, maybe it's not safe in the beginning. Maybe we're, we allow ourselves to be vulnerable, emotionally intelligent enough to walk into a space and engage and be able to recognize when it's no longer safe. And how do we manage that? So hopefully in our conversation with this here podcast, we'll get to dive, take a deep dive into all of that through the journey. Yes. And I think that there's a there's an idea in, in the world of social justice and social equity of a brave space versus a safe space. So a brave space allows you to be vulnerable, like you said, and also allow yourself to hear someone else's point of view and maybe be called into the conversation. Maybe if you use some language that someone says, ooh, I don't, that, that felt a certain way in my body, that you're brave enough to hear it and that everyone in the space is sharing their truth with respect, even if those truths aren't the same. But it, yeah, the difference between being brave and bra- being safe um, because it's not going to feel safe and comfortable all the time. Yeah, I totally agree with you. Um, and I like that brave space. So it's again, here's it is language. We're bringing common language to the table. I'm going to say safe. She's going to introduce us to brave. And now in, in, in this world, you can think about it in a sense of, man, we can create, we can allow for people to be brave, mm-hmm. right? And that's important. And then we can also create safe spaces when they're not. So I think that's going to, you know, how do we, how do we magically work this thing out in order to ha- start having conversations that are important um, so that our communities can change, not just at a national level, but at the small town podunk um, level. Like we're in, <laughs> we're in New Albany, Ohio. Uh, no, sorry. There is a New Albany, Ohio. Yeah, like, Same oh. way there's a New Albany, New York, but we are in New Albany, Indiana. Let me get that right. We're in New Albany, Indiana, which is a really small town, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I think we're a class two city. So those of you who are out there who understand classes of cities, the size of cities and how, what that dynamic is, that it give you a range. We're less than a mile probably from Clarksville, which is a township of Clark County. Mm-hmm. And then we're about a mile and a half from Jeffersonville, which is in Clark County. So that tells you how close we are. And the only thing that separates us from Louisville, Kentucky is a mile of water. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And so anybody out there in the world who's familiar with kind of New Jersey, Hoboken to Manhattan, that's our, that is our our range. Um, and so we want to talk about the things that we're facing here. And there are a lot of river 
smaller towns across the world, across the U.S., and really across the world. There are a lot of small towns. I think the United States is predominantly small towns. And we're all facing, you know, social equity issues. We're all facing racial issues. I mean, the whole world is facing racial issues. And we'll get into that mm-hmm, as we mm-hmm. journey through as well. But this this conversation today is really for our listeners to understand our reasoning behind getting into this, kind of sharing who we are, getting a feel for how we go back and forth, our banter. And so if you're listening for the first time, this is new for us, right? So we haven't been in a room where we get the banter back and forth. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to just share, Missy's way smarter than I am. (laughs) Um, And so this is also going to be fun because I get permission to be wrong and maybe use some wrong words or wrong terminology. But she'd be like, no, Miguel, that's not what that is. <laughs> and I'm going to accept that because in my real world, I don't. Like when I'm wrong, <laughs> I will fight you fiercely until you just accept that I'm right. And that goes back to something you say, truth, mm-hmm. right? So one of the things, and before I jump in there, one of the things we talked about doing in our real life, when we, I do program facilitation more on the entrepreneurial side of the world, um, you're in the social, you know, social sphere social or social yeah. service services of the world. Um, But one of the things that we typically do is create ground rules. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And so those of you who are out there in the world don't know what ground rules are. Um, Typically, when I start a conversation, the ground rules are, you know, just that. They are the rules that the group in that space are going to abide by. Um, And and it's how we hold each other accountable from a peer-to-peer relationship as we go on a journey. Um, And so I totally recommend that people create ground rules. We haven't really created any ground rules with us, and we may need to as time goes on, and maybe Mm -hmm. we'll go through that journey with folks as well. But so ground rules are always important, I I do believe, because one of the things we typically lead with in any of my sessions and when we're talking ground rules is, of course, respect, right? But then we have to define what respect is because it's not the same for everyone. So truth, getting back to that word, you know, I, I learned in undergrad. I went to Wilberforce University uh, for undergrad and, and me and a buddy of mine got in trouble and our RA was kind of involved in that trouble. And he pulled us aside when we were going through panel, right? We had to go, you know, visit Ooh. the disciplinary board of the university. And he looked at me and he said, my truth and your truth are two different things. And in my head, I said, well, one of us is about to lie. <laughs> <laughs> and that is you, right? Uh, but I learned really quick that that's not wasn't it wasn't so much a lie, mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. and that sometimes we have to come to terms with what the truth is via the person or via the community, and we have to be able to break down and dissect that in the sense that no one is wrong, right? So right. well, and I, that's the hope for this this podcast. We're going to bring people with different voices, and they're going to tell different truths. And I think that that's, that's an amazing ground rule to start with is that doesn't mean that one of them is wrong. It means that the perspective that they come from, their history, their life experience, their lens is completely different, but that doesn't mean they're wrong. Let's get it. So not wrong. So it's truth. So we're going to, we'll, we'll take a deep dive into ground rules. You're going to hear it later because we're going to, we're, we're going to, we're going to interview people like, so we have a, a, a local civil rights attorney by the name of Dan Cannon um, mm-hmm. who mm-hmm. wrote this phenomenal book. I don't remember the name. Pleading out. Pleading out, not bleeding out. Pleading out, um, but pleading out could be related to bleeding out. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> if you don't plead out, you might bleed out. That's Absolutely, because um, you yeah. So you have this experience. But the thing is, so we decided we were going to try to do these stories, right? We're we're gonna we're gonna try to deliver our attempt is to deliver narratives um, from both what we'll identify as working professionals, experts in a field, mm-hmm. and then bring experiential individuals to the table who will tell their story, and they may connect. 
and they may not. And right. I think that's going to be the interesting point. So when you listen to a lot of journal, like a journalistic approach podcast or interviews, they, they go out their way with intent to make sure that everything is in alignment, mm-hmm. right? So mm-hmm. if the cop tells a story, well, then, you know, the person, you know, the ex-offender or whoever, you know, is on the other side is telling a story either opposed or for. In this relationship, um, we're bringing people to table, again, experts alike who will tell their story, what they're the expert in what they're experiencing Mm -hmm. and then we're going to bring in lifestyle right and then that life they're going to tell the story from their life and hopefully this will begin to to give people some idea of how this can how one how it does look in their community Mm -hmm. um, but b how to start to have these conversations freely and openly i think that a, a really important piece to this is there are groups of people, we are extremely segregated. And when I say that, we're not, I'm just not talking about race. We middle-class, comfortable working white people know each other. You don't get to hear other people's stories. You don't get to hear the story of the person who lives maybe a mile down the road who has a struggle that that you know nothing of. And if you don't know their story or if you don't know someone with a similar story, it's easy to lose empathy or to not have empathy and to look with judgment on others. If we can start hearing the stories of the people who live down the road that you've never met, can is it possible to still hold judgment for that person and not have empathy? So that's the hope that when we tell people's stories, that that gives you a context for the next time you see someone acting some way in public that you don't understand, instead of being judgy or being mad, can you find that empathy within yourself and say, you know, maybe they've gone through something similar to that other story that I heard. It's very easy to create a bubble where you only see stories like your own. A bubble. Let's pop them joints. I love that. So, all right. So hopefully you're getting a baseline. This is not going to be a long show. You can figure that out by now. Um, But this one is just the introductory. So again, we're going to talk to civil rights leaders, civil rights attorneys. We're going to talk to ex-offenders or whatever the new new term is for that relationship. We're going to speak to folks who are experts in um, what we're moving into is post Roe v. Wade, right? Um, So we'll have Ashley Jacobs here. Um, We're going to have Sonia Gray, who is in the field of childhood, not childhood, child abuse prevention, childhood, I guess that would work as well. Um, we're going to have Dr. Eric Jordan here, who's with GLI, who's going to talk about DE&I, diversity, equity, and inclusion, and what that looks like on the entrepreneurial spectrum. And, and we've got a long list of other folks who are going to come in. And then you have Missy and I, because we're going to be extremely opinionated and expert, expert, how can I say experiential? Expert, how do you say ex- experiential? There, there's the word. Um, if you again, if you listen to the podcast, you know I will use the wrong word in a heartbeat, <laughs> and I will take an entire sentence and splice it and make a new word. Like my favorite word to date that I've ever made is called "I buyable." Look it up. You can't because I created it. Maybe we need to submit it to the the dictionary. Um, you but dictionized it, a word. Absolutely, I, I buyable, which means I can buy it. I can accept it. I agree. Okay. Um, yes, and my wife thinks I'm nuts because I'm sure she has a book full of my Miguel is. The Miguel Dictionary. Yes, absolutely. So we will do that, but we're going to go through this journey, tell these stories, create these narratives, um, and hopefully enlighten. Right. Right, A lot of folks out there, you know, who are wanting to get into diversity, equity and inclusion, social structure change, who are out here screaming that there needs to be change from a policy point. We're going to argue. I'm going to argue the difference between federal, state, local, county and city incorporated versus unincorporated cities, because I'm a firm believer that sometimes you have to disrupt the system that exists if you're telling me that it's flawed, but which means that you have to understand how it works or better yet, learn where the loopholes are 
are to protect yourself at every level. And sometimes the things that happen um, at the Fed level are important, but they're not as important as they are as they are in your county that you live in mm-hmm. or in the city mm-hmm. that you live in. Because the reality of it is, and I, I reserve the right to be wrong, so some poli-sci major out there who's smarter than me wants to come in here and, and explain this, they're welcome to. But I'm a firm believer that our city in itself is a country. Okay. Our county is a country. Mm-hmm. Our state is a country. And then we have the United States, right? So the reality of it is, is that we have rule of law across the geographic landscape. And sometimes we're waiting for a larger governing body to decide for something that we should be deciding for ourselves. Ooh, um, and so sometimes we'll we'll say, well, can't we do it at the state level? And somebody will say, no. And I will challenge people to say, prove me, prove that you can't by trying to do what you've never done. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um and so hopefully this conversation will, will these conversations will allow people to do that as well, right? Kind of look at standard, the social standard, standard norms yeah. and, and put them in a bucket. <laughs> I also love that we're going to speak in a community level discussion about Southern Indiana, only because what you're going to find when you're listening to us is, so I, I do a lot of activism work in Louisville. I'm with Louisville Community Bail Fund. I co-lead an anti-racism team for Highland Baptist Church. And in that, a lot of the more the on the ground boots on the ground activism I do is in Louisville because the foundations and the infrastructures don't exist in these communities in Southern Indiana. And we don't have a voice if we don't have infrastructure and organization in our communities. So Louisville speaks for us. What, as we're listening to these conversations, what opportunities are there for Indiana to speak for themselves, for Jeffersonville, Clarksville, New Albany to organize together? Because our needs are different than than that of Louisville. And you're going to find that especially if like you mentioned at the federal level, thing items are sent back to state rights, state rights groups, state legislatures, like we're talking about with Roe, that Indiana has different laws right now than Kentucky. So Kentucky's infrastructure can't really help us and we can't really help them. So we have to create these discussions within our communities. And I'm really excited about that to for people to hear the opportunities and to take up that mantle. Let's get it. Let's go. So, all right, this is going to be an exciting season mm-hmm. for Common Conversations, the move forward, the new hope. I hope <laughs> that y'all have hope because hope floats. No, really, I, <laughs> we're going to say hope a lot. Maybe I'll get a hope jar. So yes. the, this, those of you who are listening, I, I will tell you that my previous shows, I am I'm unfiltered at all levels. Um, I use a variety of words, both high, low, and in between. Um, <laughs> and I have no apology for it. So mm-hmm. I will tell you that sometimes my language is explicit. I will be on my best behavior because some of our sponsors who are coming later in life, and we'll talk about them, asked me to, and they said, hey, could you not drop the F-bomb? I may or may not. I don't know. Maybe we'll throw a bleep on there. I have no <laughs> idea what we're going to do. But sometimes I'm a firm believer that the cuss word is the only is the only word uh, available to really express emotion. Uh-huh. <laughs> right? right, right. Um, so, but other than that, I hope that you'll tune in. We're going to be on Spotify, Apple, Pandora, Amazon. We're pretty much going to be everywhere you can get and receive your podcast, which is going to be amazing. We're also going to pop it up on our website at commonconvo.tv as well as Common 
uncommonconversations.com. There's a lot of them. And so you'll be able to find us. Um, those who want to interact with us on a personal level as we get this started, you'll be able to find us on Facebook, Uncommon Conversations. And there's a private group that you can jump in. And so a lot of times what Missy and I have been talking about doing is after we do some of our interviews, we may do kind of a follow-up partake um, of how we feel went, what we did or didn't do, things that we might have, we could address after. Mm -hmm. Because sometimes when you have these conversations, the idea doesn't come until after the conversation and after you get to process it. And so we're going to throw that in there. We're going to do some lives as well. Mm -hmm. So that (laughs) makes her nervous and invigorates me. That's the word (laughs) I was looking for, right? Because I love to go live. Um, And then we're also planning several panel discussions locally in Southern Indiana over seven over the next year. Mm Mm-hmm. And so that's going to be a great opportunity for our local audiences to really see what we do in real life and engage because they will be styled like lunch and learns. But those of you who are watching from afar or listening from afar, we hope to be able to live stream these sessions Mm -hmm. as well, which will give you kind of also a live experience of how we engage, um, how we communicate, uh, how we roll out ground rules. And and, and hopefully, I hope for this to happen. There was a discussion um, and I hold it dear that my wife and I had an opportunity to do in Jasper, Indiana. Um, for those of y'all who don't know, Jasper, Indiana used to be a sundown town. If you don't know what a sundown town, look it up because um, I'm not going to. We can't define everything for you. <laughs> um, but, you know, the greatest thing that was in the room that day was we had an individual who would be identified as a white supremacist in the room. And it's a population of people that are 99 percent Caucasian anyway. But there was literally one person in the room who opposed the views of many of the people in the room. And I think sometimes that is the greatest opportunity that we can all be in, in in an environment that's safe. Mm-hmm. A safe for everyone to communicate their visions, their ideas, their ideologies without without being punished and penalized for not seeing and being in the same the same mm-hmm. thought thought right. is fear. Right. I'm going to use that today. <laughs> thought is fear, right? Because we need that, right? If we're going to grow as a people, if we're going to live in this nirvana, not everyone has to be the same, and we don't mm-hmm. all have to think the same. This is my opinion. We and and so. You know, what we can do is cause no harm. Yes. You know, what you can do is not hurt me because you're a white supremacist, mm-hmm. right? You no su- harm. Absolutely. So your supremacy doesn't mean we got to go to war. It, yeah, it yeah. just means that you go over on your side of the room with your homies and you live your best life, you know? And when you <laughs> see me, you know, just be like, well, we don't have to kill him because he's black, right? We can just ignore them and keep moving. But it's a, different, it's a different story when we're talking about policy because when we get into people's policy and the supremacy is in that space, mm-hmm. we have to teach people how to draft policy that doesn't hurt other people. And so you you can cut me off at any point. Well, and, and, so there's a thing that's coming to mind called the campfire rule. The campfire rule is that you leave it better or just as good or better than you found it. And that's the hope that we, we are not going to cause harm in this process, that we will leave you as good as or better than you found us. I am curious because I we've had this conversation multiple times that you welcome the person with a different opinion. And I love that about you. And that's one of the things I'm looking forward to. I am curious when that person's opinion though, is that your identity is invalid, how you both can exist in nirvana and be peaceful. 
That is a, that is a good question. And I have to process that because I am sure as an Afro-Latino professional in this world, I have had to exist daily mm-hmm. in spaces just like that. Yes. And for me, create peace. Yes. And it's knowing someone else in the room mm-hmm. is invalidating your existence. Like, and invalidating your right to be in the room, maybe silently to themselves. So is that the is that the answer? Did they keep those harmful opinions, those opinions that would do harm? They keep that to themselves. Or, or maybe, maybe you know, that's a good. Or maybe they don't keep it to themselves, right? But they they maybe they get the voice it, but there's no action behind it, mm-hmm, right? See mm-hmm. the action to stop me from coming into the room, right? That's that that's the that's the that's the problem, right? Okay. But voicing, you know, I really wouldn't like this person in the room because he's black, right? I don't like black people, right? And so, you know, thank you for sharing that. That's <laughs> awesome that we know you don't like black people, <laughs> you know? And thank you for not getting in the way and allowing black people in the space. Right. And I don't know that we as a society have come to that point because now we're, if that happened, if a person were to approach someone and say, I don't want him here because he's black, depending on who he says it to, he's going to, he's out, like he's done because he makes the space unsafe. So is the goal that we're creating spaces that as long as there is no action behind the opinion, then we all can have our opinions and voice them safely. Absolutely. Because here's the thing. Your opinion doesn't make it unsafe. Okay. Okay. Now, that's for me. Yeah. And someone else may say something different, right? Now, I also think there's a difference between your opinion and and what I would identify as trigger words Uh that would cause your opinion or your statements to become unsafe. Like you can't call me the N-word right. in a white space. Mm-hmm. Actually, probably anywhere. Brilliant. Um, but in a in a in a white space and then not expect it, not expect me to adjust. Right. Right. Because I the N-word, what the N-word means for me is that you intend to do me harm. Right. Physical body harm. Right. And this, you are not, this might not be a safe or non-safe space, but you are not a safe person. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. so I've got to deal with you in in a different kind of way. And then I also got to watch your friends, right? Because, you know, if you put me in harm's way, I will also cause harm. But that's me, Mm -hmm. right? Mm Because I'm a firm believer, whoop the bully's ass and we all get to go home and rest at night, (laughs) right? And the bully gets to think about is, was that my right cause of action? I probably should have just called him a name and keep walking. <laughs> probably shouldn't have put my hands on him and I definitely shouldn't have called him the N-word. Right. You know what I mean? So I think, I think you know, we're going to add some humor to this because it's got to be fun, good people. Um, as fun as this can possibly be. I um, mean, social justice is fun. I don't... I enjoy it. I mean, come on. I, it happens all the time in the spaces. Like, for instance, at church, they're like, we need to have more fun. And I'm like, look, reparations is fun. I don't know what's wrong with you people. This is fun. <laughs> Absolutely. So because it will be kind of a hot con- I hope I answered your question. I think so. I think so. And I think that also the the really fun thing is we're going to get to see it play out in practice. Yes. So I'm, I'm excited to watch. Reserve the right to be wrong, good people, and reserve the right to get it right. You know, but if the country, we as a people have gotten it right, we wouldn't be having this conversation. Exactly. Right. So there's exactly. n- there's no wrong or right way to do this. It's I think right now it's about doing it mm-hmm. um, exactly. and, and, and getting to a space. So one of the things I love, though, before we wrap this up, because I know I said I was going to wrap this up like 20 <laughs> minutes ago. And if you're still listening, we appreciate you. And, and this means Hi. you, you want 
want to be a part of this conversation. <laughs> One of the things we're going to be adding as a special episode for all my wellness junkies out there in the world is a mindfulness um, uh, I, I guess we'll call it an episode or show or intro. Mm-hmm. Outro something. Something. Yeah. So because we know the topics can be meaty and we know that anyone who's listening may be triggered in some facet or some kind of way, or you know what? It's just a lot to absorb. Right. Um, we're going to create a show for mindfulness. You'll be able to jump off whatever season or show we're on and jump right into there, or we may attach it in post-production so that it's there. So if you hang out, maybe 60 seconds after a show is over, we'll go directly into mindfulness. Because again, we want everyone to be well, um, as well as possibly can. And we want your feedback, more importantly as well. Like, tell us what what you'd like to hear different. You know, if you hear us talk about a thing or bring up a term, because again, you know, we're experts in our space, but I want to use the word expert loosely. Right. Because, you know, everybody's like, oh, I'm an expert. Well, you know, you're an expert in what you know. Right. We we only know what we know. I'm excited because I'm sure I'm going to hear a thousand things. I hear a thousand things from you every day that I'd, I'm like, well, that's interesting. I've never looked at it that way. Yeah, there it is, right? So let's go. Let's get it. This is your boy, Gallagher. This is Missy. And we will see you on this journey of common conversations to move forward a new hope. Yay. Thank you, friends. Let's go. Let's get it.